Hey guys, Harrison here and welcome to another episode of The Startup Diary. Now, a few episodes ago, you probably heard me and Adam talk about a another podcast that we're doing for our members of Expert Trades, Trade Talk. Uh, and some of those episodes we would like to think are going to be kind of, well, they're going to be applicable to a lot of the listeners out there because we're talking to business owners, entrepreneurs and things like that. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to be dropping some of the episodes that we think are applicable to you guys here and today this is one of them episode one of trade talk hope you guys like it enjoy Hey guys, and welcome to the first ever episode of Trade Talk. Now, at Expert Trades, our goal is super simple. We're trying to help trades professionals just like yourself build a professional and profitable business. I am joined by the man that's normally behind the scenes, behind the camera. He's on the mics today, my co-host, Harrison Mudge. Drop some noise so they know you're here. How's it going, Adam? And Harry is the guy that has been helping us put this together through expert trades the facebook group the blog all the stuff that we do we're always trying to communicate different ways that you can grow your business and one of the things that i know about how you guys work you drive into a merchant you drive into a customer you spend a lot of time in your van like i used to i used to be an area sales manager selling products for a builder's merchant i used to spend 15 minutes in a merchant and three hours between visits it was ridiculous loads of time to listen to podcasts i fell in love with podcasts at that point and what we want to do is bring some of the masterclass content onto the show so you can listen to it as you're driving about. Harry, you put something up into our group. What is the topic of the day? Today's topic of the day is attracting the right customer for your business. Let's get into it. So on today's topic, I had a bit of a back and forth with a couple of different members uh, through Facebook Messenger. Uh, You'll hear a couple of their lovely voices. Um, But the guys we're speaking to today are, or were, depending on when you're listening to this, is uh, Aidan Slim, Grant Southall, and Peter Little. Uh, and you might also hear Scott Pretty as well. Who literally came in at the last yeah. hour. At the point recording this, Scott, because I know you're going to listen to the show. <laughs> we literally just heard your gems. We're going to be putting them onto the podcast. Definitely. Uh, so we'll start off with Aidan. Hi, Harry. Uh, up to press, I've not actually done anything to uh, attract a certain or better customer or attract more customers. I've just usually, up to now, done a good job and got recommended that way. That's how I usually get the right customers that I want. I am interested in getting more or or better customers as well, yeah. Um, but I do also try and win, work on quoting and stuff like by offering better guarantees or, or and stuff like that. So yeah, as it stands, I've not actually really thought about getting better customers. Quite interesting, actually. As you'll have heard, he's not really targeting anyone specifically so long as he's making money and obviously it's in his area he's he's happy to do the work i think it's a really valid point is like this whole thing about attracting the right customers like a it's a marketing term it sounds a bit fluffy but at the end of the day if you are a business owner like i'm a small business owner the mm-hmm. guys listen to this are small business owners you've just got to watch the bank account like you can't be you can't be turning down work for the sake of turning around down work if they don't fit your ideal sort of profile. So I completely get where Aiden's coming from. I think the thing is for me is as you grow the business and you start to learn the sorts of customers that are good for you long term, like the guys that give you referrals, the guys that have repeat work, I think that's the sort of thing that you learn over a little bit of time. Yeah. And then you can start to say, actually, uh, that's the sort of person that I want to attract into my business because 
these guys are going to be running their business for the next 20, 30, 40 years in some circumstances. And what you want is a is a book full of good customers because bad customers are the worst in the world. They like, draw your energy down. They cost you money in the long run. They can just be a nightmare for you and the whole team that you build around you. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things I took away from that is obviously he's not really had uh, a bad customer. Like everyone seems to... Like the fact that he's getting paid, he's happy to do the work. He's obviously not had any kind of situation where he's thought, you know what, this has just not been worth the time for the amount of money or, mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. So like you say, he's not really had any reason to necessarily say, right, I don't want people like this anymore. I just want like easier jobs or whatever, or better customers. He's just been able to accept kind of anything that's come his way. Like he's he's more interested in just winning the work at the moment, like he says, through quoting. Well, the thing is, he actually says... Uh, the thing that impressed me about what Aiden says is he didn't really come down to... Pr- he didn't say the word price on that. He said he wins quotes through other areas like offering yeah. guarantees. And I actually think that is... A, that's an indication to the value. fact he knows... Yeah, yeah exactly. He sort of knows already that he doesn't want to be competing on price. Mm. And that itself is showing that he understands the sort of customer that he wants. Because if he goes in and starts competing on price and price only, then that will itself attract a certain customer. I actually think one of the guys you spoke to covered that off. Yeah, that'll be uh, Grant Southall. So, how business attract the right customers? Now, a few simple ways, obviously. He's targeting right areas through website, target, obviously using the keywords, and you guys know better than that. Um, going for a checker trade, um, getting reviews in the right areas. Um, so, obviously, when you get, which you all know, uh, when you get reviews um, in a certain area, then you get more jobs in that area when they search for it. Also, I think when companies have problems with jobs, it's probably the wrong customer for them, and that's how they learn. So it's mainly from experience, really, and you get those sort of spidey senses, tickling feelings that go, well, this is this is not quite right. I also think the price you give finds the right customer. So if you charge cheaply, you'll generally get cheap clients. If you charge expensive, you'll get more expensive clients. Um, it's why rich people shop at Waitrose, not Aldi, for example. Both good stores, but people like to pay more because they feel like they're getting a better deal. Um, so I, I think how to uh, attract your own customers is obviously um, if you first need to choose where you want to, uh, what tier bracket you want to work in, um, low, middle, high, anywhere. Um, and then dictate your price to attract the right customer. If it's gonna be 120 pound an hour, if it's gonna be 50 pound an hour, that'll attract a certain type of customer. Um, Also, the boilers you offer. If you offer heat lines and um, for carers, seen as a more cheaper brand, you're gonna attract a more cheaper customer. If you offer uh, Wiesman, Worcester, the higher, uh, expensive brand of boiler you're going to ha- get expensive type of customer I, I'm i lucky I live in a very aff- affluent if that's the word uh, rich area uh, where most people work or uh, I wouldn't say rich okay but more uh, like middle class um, so I've fit a lot of these boilers because that fits in my bracket um, so yeah I, I think main point is charge correctly and then advertise where you want to be so uh, area location for check trading website um and pricing i think di- really dictates what customer you get so grant really nails um some of the key 
the key ways to kind of consider attracting the right customers. So he mentions uh, the areas that you advertise in, um, and there's obviously kind of finer details on that. An area might mean like you can have affluent areas or, or I don't know what the term is for the opposite of affluent. Dives, Harry. They're called dives. <laughs> I'm joking. That's so, so not PC. But anyway. I'm going to uh, yeah. write a note just in case we need to bleep that out. No, we can keep it in. We've got to keep this real. Um, people know us too well to know to know what uh, what our intentions are. Um, yeah. So in terms of like the area that you market yourself in is going to have a massive impact. And some people can't choose that. Like if you're in a certain area like very few people are going to like root up their business move into a a a more affluent area we'll go with compared to a a less affluent area uh just to attract the right customer so some things you're in control of yeah he he uses uh class he mentions like middle middle class working class yeah Um, that's the probably the better way of saying it yeah Uh, and (laughs) and with that comes its own kind of price bracket like when a population can afford a certain like better things if like it's he mentions audi and waitrose yeah like i personally love audi i know <laughs> i don't know what that says about me as a person but it, like some people like to shop at waitrose because it's perceived as a as a nicer brand a fancier brand yeah and grant covers it off he says like they are both good stores but the key thing that i want to cover off from what you just said around like the, uh, the the lower class, working class, whatever we, mm. wh- however we phrase it. I'm so not PC and anyone that knows me just knows I'm just, I'm terrible with stuff like this, but I've got the best intentions is just, you don't have to target affluent areas. The most affluent people are not always the right customers. Mm. If you've got a product or service that you can sell in day in, day out, and it's for working class and you are profitable and they understand you and you understand them, that is the right customer for you. Yeah. What we're not saying is the only sorts of customers you need to run after are the guys that are extremely wealthy, extremely affluent, because that might not fit your business model. And it's all about working out what fits your business compared to like all the advice you'll get from us. You need to take what we're saying on the podcast and relate it to what you want longer term. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to all be going after the same clients. <laughs> there's there's people out there that need work done. And you need to work out which one of those that you want to do the work for. And there's no right or wrong you just need to make sure that one, they're profitable for the business. Secondly, it's the sort of customer you want to work with long term. Yeah, interestingly, um, Grant mentioned how he fits Wiesman, um, which is again perceived as kind of a more premium brand. How yep. you want to phrase it? Uh, and I kind of asked why he why he fits Wiesman. Was it any particular reason? Did he just can't, did Wiesman pick him or? Did he, or did he pick Wiesman? I've always wanted not to fit something that not everyone else fits because my whole sort of business model is sort of a bit different. So if, you know, like obviously you guys are Baxi partners, if five lads go in feeling a Baxi because Baxi are quite popular and then I go in and, and fit, talk about feeling a Wiesman and German engineering and or, or the, you know, the science behind it and stuff like that, I'm completely different and what, so I automatically stand out of the head, stand out for the rest of the crowd. And that was one of the reasons I picked Feesman. One of the interesting things he mentioned is he he finds that it makes him stand out when it comes to quoting for something. So someone might go in and uh, there might be four other guys quoting Bexy, as he says. But when he comes in as the fifth guy uh, quoting Wiesman, it makes him stand out. And that kind of brings me on to Peter, Peter Little in that the smart home products that he's pushing is quite unique uh, or niche in his area of northern ireland i think it's niche and the way that he's getting in front of yeah. his customers like when i when you sent me that audio clip i thought wow this has to go on the show because it's super interesting mm. 
been doing electrical work for about 10 years. Smart home stuff's sort of a new adventure, um, and it's worked out well for me. Uh, website leads and things like that from the website that Matthew has done for me um, is already starting to work, and it's, it's only been up and running about a month. Um, I've tried website leads and SEO and stuff like that from uh, probably about the last year and a half um, with another company who basically I got nothing out of. Um, the likes of the Facebook tried competitions um, but not really getting the amount of interest that I would need in the product that I'm selling. Um, so now I've started to do shows, so I'm getting a lot more um, people interacting with me. You get a lot more footfall past the product, um, and you get to show off the product um, a bit more than what you can do um, online. Yes, there's uh, video tutorials and stuff like that, but it's not something that um, I would I've done or have ever tried to do. Um, not really a guy for um, speaking on video, unlike yourselves, but <laughs> um, I, I believe the shows are possibly the way for me to go. Maybe not for a boiler engineer and electrical work. I'd say you can gather up a lot of work from self-build shows, stuff like that. And I find that it's the um, product that works best for me at the minute. Plus, obviously, the website, having a good, proper website, instead of uh, just paying a lot of money for a really bad website. So when you listen to sort of Grant's comments around how he stands out, and you, you kind of marry that along with how, what Pete's doing, they're both doing exactly the same thing. They're just trying to find a way to make their quote, uh, their pitch, stand out in a very, very busy crowd. Yeah, so if Peter, Peter says he's tried uh, online like online advertising, uh, promotions and things like that, but it's not really landed anywhere. Um, he says, as you'll have heard, he finds going to these shows where you can just get that face-to-face interaction, customers can see and and he can, he, like you say, he can pitch face-to-face as opposed to just a flashy Facebook ad. That that for him works so much better, but obviously like the flip is Grant can't be, <laughs> Grant can't hold up a, a stand somewhere and say, Choose me, I'm the... <laughs> no, exactly. Me. No, exactly. And I think one of the things that we need to just touch on is uh, Peter Little uh, is going to self-build shows, basically. Mm. And without even probably thinking about it, that sort of customer that goes to a self-build show is the type of person that is prepared to spend money on their new house. These are guys that are building houses from ground up and they go to self-build shows to pick out the materials, the tools, the yeah. gadgets that they want on those shows. So that already is sort of giving him this ability to charge a higher rate, which I guess he's got to if he's paying to be at these trade shows and bits like that, because it's just a very expensive way of advertising. But as we covered off earlier, there's no right or wrong. If it attracts the right customer and it's profitable, like then carry on sort of running with that. So we've got someone like Peter who is going to trade shows and pitching his product. And you understand that is the right customer. Mm -hmm. And then pulling it back to Grant and what he said, he's basically, he dropped in check a trade on there. So that's, that's what we call a channel. So that is a channel to get in front of potential customers. Mm-hmm. And then it's your job to then work out who are the right customers. And I think one of the things that, that I always just want to talk about when we're talking about customers and channels is certain channels will bring a different type of customer. So an example is 
Grant mentioned Checker Trade. Checker Trade do a shed ton of advertising, so you're going to get a whole mix of different customers yeah. through. If you look at something like My Builder or Rated People, so these are the guys that a homeowner goes to. They type in online, I need a new boiler or I need a new kitchen or I need a new roof. And then they send that out to all the local trades professionals and they bid for the work. The problem for me, and again, my opinion, the problem for me on stuff like this is it's always a race to the bottom. So this is where we sort of covered off earlier with Aiden. He says he starts to compete on warranties and extra value add stuff. When you start looking at services like the rated peoples and the my builders of the world is the customer is trained to think about price because these guys are having to send in quotes. You guys are having to pay for leads and it's a race to the bottom on price. And the reason that this is relevant for this episode is when a customer is only thinking about price, they are often not the right customer for you anyway. So the key thing is, is to think about the channels that you're on and then the sorts of customers they attract. And don't get me wrong, rated people, my builder, the services where you buy leads are probably a great thing for a short-term fix. And that's the way that I see it, is you're going to build your business on a platform with the right customers, but at times work is going to slow and you need to do those filler jobs. So that's where those things should come into play. But I would never try and build a business off the back of a service like that because I think long-term it's just never going to work. I think that's that's how I think about it. And then you get a voice message this morning from someone like <laughs> Scott who talks about the fact that he's on Local Heroes of British Gas but has never once took a job. How about we listen to Scott's comments now? So, yeah, we don't really attract um, customers orga- um, proactively at the moment. We just do it organically. So that's via um, our section advert if you like if you go on the find an installer on the Worcester Bosch website we're on there Um, obviously through our website always have and that has increased dramatically since we've had our website with you guys we've got other avenues as well we're uh, registered with local heroes which is British gas so we always get work posted through that and we can take that as and when we want but I'll be honest we've never took one single job from that Um, So, in regards to attracting the right customers at the moment, we don't actually think about it, don't proactively do it, but moving forward, Fran is actually training with me at the moment, Um, she'll be sitting in the classroom come April, and then after that, going forward, we will want to attract more customers that... Um, yeah, attracting more customers going forward would be uh, along the lines of elderly customers, single ladies. As Fran being an engineer, she's only going to have her basic gas and boilers. So she'll only be able to do servicing of boilers and breakdowns. She won't be experienced in breakdowns initially. So what I'm saying is, towards the end of the year... Um, we'll be wanting to attract more customers for the next winter period for services, boiler services. Um, and if that's something we can start working on now, that would be great. Um, and get it all geared up for next winter, come September, October time. And as I say, there's a particular clientele that would be interested in a female engineer entering their property. So Scott's... Scott says that he's not uh, taking up any of the jobs from the local heroes, which is interesting. I guess he's, I assume he's just prioritizing other avenues because uh, he says he's on Worcester Bosch as well um, and things like that. Um, interesting what he's saying about Fran. And so he, he, what he's doing at the moment is quite passive. 
so he's, he's on. He says he's aware that he's on these channels and work comes in through them, but he's not actively pursuing any particular one to really yep. zero in on the type of customer that he's getting. Um, but what he's saying about Fran uh, joining the team, uh, actually going out in the field Super and doing service and that is cool. Uh, it's interesting what he says about that unique aspect of having a female engineer come to a house. Like, I can't put myself in some 70 plus year old little frail woman's body. <laughs> but I imagine that when you when you've like if I walked into some elderly woman's house I can only imagine how intimidated they might feel you walk into my you... house and sometimes <laughs> especially when you come out of the gym and you're pumped you're like, I'm like oh it's grown again uh, so like so you can see Scott's already thinking ahead of how he can at least f- pitch or frame his business in the market he's, he's got oh we've got a female engineer it's just opening up a new avenue for uh for for, lead, for leads basically i think it's really really interesting and smart what scott's mm. doing so firstly i know scott will listen to this i wish him and fran all the best with that and i know one thing that that scott needs to do is make sure that he doesn't sit passively on this again like at the moment he's got work coming in and the, the keyword you said there I think was awesome which was prioritize and like obviously he knows that a customer through either his website or through the WAI program who's looking for Worcester is looking for a specific thing mm-hmm. they're a better value customer compared to the ones that are coming through British Gas and Local Heroes that I think is just smart he knows where the, the better long term customers are and he's prioritizing that when it comes to Fran the ability to pitch your business in a new way that that allows you to have this sort of unique selling point is really interesting he sort of identified it as like he's got his own channels at the moment and as he grows his business, he's going to start to have different personas of people that he needs his marketing to speak to. And I think this is where having an idea of who your, your sort of target customers are, that's, that's why we do it. It's to understand exactly who your marketing and your messaging needs to speak to. So like on Scott's website, for example, when Fran qualifies, there should be a page or that should be on the home screen basically driving people who resonate with the idea of having a female engineer come into the house. Like, as he said, there'll be a portion of the population that want a female engineer yeah. come into the house. And when he's running Facebook ads, as an example, like he'll then know that he should be running that advert like a 45 to 70-year-old. And by the way, 55 to 65 is the fastest growing area on Facebook at the moment in terms of adoption. Super interesting. But when you're running Facebook ads, taking that persona, that 45 to 70-year-old female, potentially single, run an advert that basically says, have your boiler service next year by me, and have a picture of Fran, female, dressed in the Dexter's workwear and all that good stuff, because I know that that Scott's all over it, Uh, sending Fran's message through Facebook to that sort of audience. That's why knowing who your customers are is super important because then all the messaging and the literature, the assets you create to get your business in front of the right people, that's why we do this. Because once you know those customers, everything you then do should be tailored towards attracting that customer. Yes, other people will come through, but when your website starts speaking about what you're unique at, then naturally the people that resonate with that will pick you over someone else when price then comes off the table. And this is what we want to get to. We don't want to have all of our members driving each other's prices down because that's no fun for anyone. Like no one makes any money then. We just end up, we may as well all just get day jobs. The key thing is, is when you've got value in the business, that unique selling point, female engineer, then all of a sudden the price is secondary. The, as you put it, the 70 year old frail old lady who needs a boiler service, all of a sudden 
doesn't matter that that Fran's service might be ten pounds more. Not saying yeah. it is, but it do, it takes that conversation away. On that note, just randomly for Scott, because I know he'll listen, is for me, if my if I had a seventy year old mom who was single living on her own, I would probably be running ads to the sons as well. Because I want to know that my mum is being looked after by someone that she's comfortable with. So just as a random side note, Scott, think about that as a channel to get your message in front of the people that are actually probably the decision makers when it comes to boilers and servicing and bits like that for your ideal customer. So we can so we can probably kind of wrap this up as you're touching on the personas. Uh, so if we just go back to Grant and you hear what he thinks, he went, if you listen to what he says about his ideal customer... So yeah, I say I'm more working to middle class. My area is more middle class than than anything else. Um, but you, I don't think you could work for one type of person because you can't you can't say your most. I, I say probably my most cl- most common clients is probably women. Funny enough, I don't know why. It's devilish face. Um, but it, usually. Uh, towards the middle class it's more that obviously men are going to work when we're at home with the kids and they're organising stuff so that's why I'm more deal with the wife of the house um, so if I had to pick a gender it's more women to answer with than anything else but I think that goes towards more my working to middle class clients uh, he he initially doesn't kind of know what that is and then when he says it out loud he really he actually narrows down exactly what it is it's probably the uh, it's probably the wife of uh, of a middle class family that's at home sorting all the bills and everything else out so he's found that persona as you call it um, yep. so like what if if people go away today listen listening this pod listening to this podcast um, how do they figure out what the persona is of their ideal customer because I, I imagine that's what that's the key that's the key element like you're saying about the uh, the son of the grandma and things like that exactly how are these guys after they've finished listening to our lovely voices <laughs> what can they do today to start attracting this is why you're the co-host I, you bring it back to you, you bring us back on point and you try to rein you in there you really, rein I, you in I need it I desperately <laughs> do so completely right and Talking about personas, that's what we've just covered off. So if you look at Scott's business, for example, he wants someone that wants a premium service. Secondly, when Fran joins, so he'll have have a persona currently. And when we're talking about a persona, that is your ideal customer. Um, We're looking at age, we're looking at location, we're looking at family size, we're looking at income, we're looking at as many different things as you can think about as that person to build that persona. But all of a sudden, now when Fran joins, we have a second persona to the business. It's the 70-year-old frail lady. I'm just going to use the terms that we've been talking about. I don't know how PC I'm meant to be on this, but I'm really not PC. Um, But then all of a sudden, a third persona pops up, which is the sun. So it's really important that we start to understand the decision makers of your service and then build personas around that. So to get to your answer in terms of what you can do today, firstly, when you listen to the show, as soon as you close this off, you should be thinking about your last 10, 15, 20, 25 customers and start thinking about stuff like, who was the person that called me? Because obviously someone's seen an advert, someone's yeah. gone to your website. Who filled in the lead on your website? Who picked up the phone and called you? Right? Was it male or female? Let's start there. Uh, where were they based? Were they out of area, in area? Uh, what were the first questions that they asked? So did they ask how much do you charge? Or did they ask when are you available? Really little subtle things like that give you a good indication to the type of customer they're going to be. 
So once you've sort of thought about this and when the next calls and leads come in, start thinking about that because that will give you an idea. And then what you have to do is say, cool, this is how they found me. It was a 30 to 32 year old female who said, when are you next available? I need a new board. I'd appreciate if you came around and quoted. And then you say, did I win the job? Yes or no? Why not? When I did the job, were they a good customer for me? Did they stand over my shoulder, watch me doing all my work? Did they uh, argumentative about price and extras and bits like this? Did they make my life difficult? Or were they an absolute pleasure to deal with? And I would love to go in and offer them uh, some incentive to refer me to their friends and family. Once you've sort of done that retrospective, is you can actually start to like have a good idea of who that customer is. And that's the job. So one thing that we've done here is we've created sort of a little cheat sheet to help you guys get started because I fully understand like the day-to-day of what you do, throwing boilers on walls, putting roofs on, building extensions, doing driveways. Like the marketing side of it is always the thing that comes second. And my job this year uh, with the help of the team is to make sure that you fully understand that you're a business owner first and tradesperson second. And it's really difficult sometimes for people to get a head around that because you guys have trained to do a certain job. You're doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. However long you've been in the business, you need to fully understand that you're a business owner first and tradesperson second. When you took the leap from working from someone else to doing it yourself, you became a business owner. So what I want you to do is, if you're not already a member of Expert Trades, join. It's free. We do stuff like this to help the community. You go to experttrades.com, two T's in the middle. One S at the end. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize I was supposed to jump in and wrap You normally do when we wrap it this on our other podcast. Um, so join the community. And what we're going to do in our weekly email, and we'll get it into the app, is we're going to put our attracting the right customer cheat sheet. Mark's just rolled into the office. Good to see him here. Uh, if you're wondering what all the noise is in the background, it looks like he's bought a suitcase full of stuff. But anyway, guys, let's pull it back. <laughs> Uh, you will go into the app and you can find a cheat sheet. What this is going to be, it's going to be a PDF that you can download and print, sit at home with a pen and paper and start to work out who your ideal customers are. From that point, then you need to listen to the following show, which is going to be about how you get in front of the right customers. And on that note, I just want to say a thank you to Jonathan Colley, the MD over at Monument Tools. So he sent us about 10 minutes worth of how his business thinks about attracting the right customer. We can play the first bit now if you want. Attracting the right customer is is a very interesting question. Ultimately, our goal is to design, manufacture and market professional tools for plumbing, roofing and drainage. And ultimately, our uh, destination customer is the tradesman. So whether that be a gas engineer, whether that be a plumbing and heating engineer, a roofer, a sheet lead roofer specifically, uh, or a drainage drainage engineer those are the guys we ultimately want to get to and from that you can hear he knows who his customers are and most suppliers you'd probably think a guy makes a tool his customers the builders merchant but he fully understands that his customer is you the trades professional and in next time's show what i want to do is cover off exactly how he has struggled to get in front of you guys and what he's doing now using new channels to get in front of the decision makers, which are you, and how you guys drive the demand for his products and services. Moving forward, we're going to bring on lots of our partners, agencies, trades, all of you guys onto the show so all the different opinions come through. We truly hope you've enjoyed listening to the very first episode of Trade Talk. We love doing it. Any feedback, comments, jump into the Facebook group. We're going to answer the questions and carry on the conversation in there. Anything else from you, Harry? Speak soon. Speak to you soon, guys.
Hey guys, hopefully you've really enjoyed that. And what Harry's done in this show completely impressed me with the sort of post-production. And one thing that we'd love to be able to do for the Startup Diary is start adding a little bit more of your voice and comments into the show. So keep the listener questions coming in. But if you would like to get your voice onto the show, send in a question using something as simple as what our members are doing at Expert Trades. Record a voice memo, attach it to an email and send it in because we just think it adds a completely new dynamic to the show, makes it a much more enjoyable listen. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Trade Talk. Thanks for being a subscriber of The Startup Diary. If you haven't left us a rating review, head over to iTunes to do that today, and we look forward to speaking to you next time.